0: I'd like to walk you through an important date, one that's central to this podcast. September 6th, 2018. Inside the sprawling campus of the Supreme Court of India, things are looking busier than usual. Some people are pleading with security officials to let them into courtroom number one. Others are milling about on the lawn, along with activist groups and television crews. Here, outside the Supreme Court, there's been excitement and anticipation since morning. Large number of people from the LGBT community, activists and lawyers have been gathering here, and there is a huge presence of media. Everyone waiting for the final judgment. The proceedings don't start on time. The judges are held up elsewhere in the court attending a tribute to two senior advocates. At 11.30, though, things convene and the court is ready. By now, people in the courtroom are aware that the five judges on the bench will deliver four different opinions. What this means is that even if their verdict is unanimous, they might want to emphasise different parts of it. Judgments aren't just a yes or no statement. They can be referenced for years to come, their words analysed in future cases. They form the legacy of the court, so they're very carefully considered. The judges walk in. Chief Justice Mishra opens. He says they're all of concurring opinion before he starts reading out the judgment. When people realize what he's saying, they stifle smiles, they hold back tears, they squeeze the hands of their loved ones. They're trying really hard to maintain the kind of decorum that you would expect in a courtroom. Outside though, people erupt into chairs. Supreme Court. The big headline at this point is that Section 377 is arbitrary. The LGBT community possesses rights like others, majoritarian views, and popular morality cannot dictate constitutional rights. The case is Navtej Singh Johar and others versus the Union of India. The highest court in the country has just decriminalized gay sex by reading down a law. Section 377 of the Indian Penal Code can no longer apply to adult consensual relationships. Inside the courtroom, four of the five judges read from their opinions. The last to go is Justice Indu Malhotra, the first female judge in the Supreme Court. She reads just one paragraph from her 50 page opinion History owes an apology. To the members of this community and their families for the delay in providing redressal for the ignominy and ostracism that they have suffered through the centuries. The members of this community were compelled to live a life full of fear of reprisal and persecution. This was on account of the ignorance of the majority to recognize that homosexuality is a completely natural condition, part of a range of human sexuality. As far as the judgement is concerned, I don't think it gets better than this. That's Keshav Suri, one of the petitioners in the case, talking on the day of the verdict. We need to apologise to the LGBTQ community. This community has been, of course, clearly tolerating, our community has been tolerating injustices across the country and for 70 years... History owes an apology. If you're familiar with the case, you've probably heard this phrase a lot. After decades of mistreatment and legal back and forths, here was an acknowledgement of everything the queer community had suffered. The Supreme Court had said those words out loud. It felt like vindication. I kind of see Justice Malhotra's quote as the flagship phrase of the judgment. And that's a big deal. There were 500 pages of lyrical, poetic language, and this was the mic drop, tear-to-your-eye moment. What is this history, though? What's the apology for? To whom? Just how did a movement of people working together make sure history wouldn't repeat itself, that it wouldn't be inflicted on the next generation? From ATS Studio, I'm Sindhuri Nandakumar, and this is 377. A show about a very specific law, its impact on Indian society and the movement to get rid of it. We're going to meet a lot of people this season. Activists, lawyers, scholars, students, people who in some way were hurt by this law. And we'll try and understand how this struggle could serve as inspiration for other minority groups.